Welcome, welcome, everybody. Welcome. This is Sharon Smith, and this is Iambic Poetry Podcast. And I got here is not only a spoken word, a spoken word artist champion, a comedian, and also now a show promoter and producer. I'd like to give you Taylor M. What up, man? What's up? What's up? How we doing? <laughs> it's all good. All good, man. Hey, man. Um, first of all, thanks for coming on the show, but also thank you for also doing my um, what's what's so funny about poetry com- comedy poetry show. Uh, it was it was a benefit edition and stuff, and also thanks for doing on um, gaggle this when I when that's where I first met you and all that. So it's been it's been kind of cool, but no, man. So, um, so one thing I do I do what caught my attention was the fact that. You put on um I listened to Luke Soren's um podcast, the Tiki, the Tiki, uh, Epic Tiki um podcast, and you pointed out that you don't you go by M because you don't you hate that people mess up your last name. Uh it's 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 not that I hate that they mess up my last name. It's like it's just complicated. It's complicated name. Mm-hmm. Uh, the name is hard, it's difficult to like if you read it. If you read the name, you would you might struggle a little bit. And I don't want to make people go like just let's keep it easy. You know, let's keep it Taylor M. You can't mess that up. And people still mess it up. But fun now. Now it's just like, okay, it is what it is. Taylor M, bro. People think that's the name, and it's like, I'll take it. But uh yeah, uh they'll they'll see it and then they'll be like stuttering, kind of trying to figure it out, and then it's like how do you say it? And it's like, man, people have corrected me on how to say the name. <laughs> At this point, it's like, we just going with them. We're just going to roll with them. And that's how it's going to be. It's, it's funny that you said, cause I get it backwards. I got, I get my first name is always Sharon. No one right. can say that. They'll say the Smith part easily. It's like, Oh yeah. I mean, I got that since I was a kid in kindergarten till even now as an adult, they still go, Oh, Sharon. Charin, the capital R might yeah. throw off. It's like, oh man, they don't know. It's like you feel like you just want to tell them. It's like, ask me before you go on t- TV or anything before you yeah. say my fucking name. It's like, yeah. it's like, I don't have. I, I, my my whole my whole fear is that when I die, the past will will fuck up my name. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Charon was a good man. Who the fuck is Charon? <laughs> They're gonna. It might happen. It might happen. You have to talk to them. Because it's actually funny. Um, um, I was at um Marcus um Marcus Mangum's um wedding, right. and the um pa- the pastor there was always calling him Cap, and we were wondering who the heck Cap was. And we find out later that that's what he that he made he he made the name up a while ago, and he's been calling that like a nickname. But he's been calling Cap. We're like, who the hell is Cap? Oh, yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, he actually, uh, he headlined the showcase last month. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, so I didn't know he goes by Cap. That's that's pretty cool. He, well, he he was one of those things that he kept on the under until the pastor said it. No one was like, oh, so what's up, Cap? He's like. Shut up, Sharon. <laughs> <laughs> Once you get in, invited to his personal life, you start fact figuring it all out, you know? Hey, I, I got the only reason why I'm invited because I'm the DJ to his on wind down shows and stuff. And uh, I'm basically right. working with his wife. So <laughs> he's, he has to tolerate me just because of that. It's like, oh, Ross here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but anyway, man, but no. So what I remember we were talking to before on um, Gag on This. And I just wanted to bring. I just wanted you to elaborate more on it. So, what got you into spoken word, or was what poetry first? Let's start you off with poetry. What got you into poetry first? Got me into poetry. So, I've always, since I was young, I've always liked writing. I've always liked writing a lot. Uh, that's kind of been one of the things in my life that has been consistent uh, since I was very young. Uh, but what I really started got, getting me into spoken word uh, specifically was um there was there was a brave new voices thing i don't know okay i know them i've heard them yeah something like that and then i saw this one poet he did something uh he did a poem it was i can't remember the poet's name but the poem was titled like barbie and ken (laughs) 
And, and uh, he did this like really powerful poem. And at that point I was like, wow, that's something I want to do. Like he had, it was like, you know, a slam poetry with the message, with the energy, with the vibe, with, and just him on stage, just his persona. It was like all of it together just meshed very well. And I was like, I would love to be able to do something like that. And just being a writer, being a writer, for me, it's always about the challenge. What can I do as a writer? What can I do? What is next for me that is going to be a, a little bit challenging? And at that point, at 16, 17 years old, when I started getting into the spoken word, it was it was spoken word that was like, okay, this is not easy. This is a little bit challenging. It requires a lot of artistic view and a lot of, uh, uh, you know, performance aspect as well. Uh, to to do really well in it and so I took that challenge and I, I made that challenge for myself to to get good at it and you know I did it for several years I did it for several years I would say from like 16 to maybe 19 or 20 I was pretty uh consistent with with going up and doing spoken word open mics and all those kinds of stuff and where you where um where were you um mostly doing the spoken was it was it in Central Valley, uh, like Monterey County area? Oh, okay, I mean, this is where I'm from, so I was doing it a lot out there. Um, it wasn't like I was doing it in high school. It's not like our our area had a ton of those opportunities, but each and every opportunity I had to to perform and to showcase my poetry, I would definitely go out and do it. Um, so I, we, the first time I did it, I was in high school, uh, they had a, like a competition and then they formed high school teams in the area. And then next thing you know, that's kind of how we kept going back and forth and doing it and started doing little stuff, got on the radio once that was fun. Nice. Yeah. And then, uh, just like a few coffee, coffee shop stuff too, you know, like the open mics at coffee places, and yeah, that, that was kind of my journey with that, um, was just, just smaller school based and, and coffee shop slam poetry up in mics. Did, did you enjoy the battles or taking the competition side of it or no? I mean, I love to compete. So <laughs> okay. yeah, man, I, I did because I'm an athlete. I was athlete at the time. I still nice. have that athlete like mentality of like going out and, giving your best to go win and all that stuff It's not necessarily about the winning, but it's like, yeah, when you compete, there's something about that competitive. Everyone's coming out with their best, their right. best effort. So it's like, yeah, I want to make sure I go up there and, and, and do my thing. <laughs> okay. Okay. And um, was ever anything like that? What's up? Did you ever compete or anything like that? Oh, yeah. I was on the slam team. I was on the uh, Sacramento slam team and stuff. But I did. It's, it's funny that you because you say you did a 16 or oh, 20. I did it at freaking 30, 38 to freaking 40, <laughs> 42. So it's like it was just weird being being the old one, of the old kids in the in the yeah. band. And it's like, oh, yeah, we're doing the step. <laughs> it's like, no, it's like, yeah, yeah you got to do left, not right. All right. Well, I want the temptation to suck. What, what, what do you want me to do? Shoot. <laughs> but no, yeah, um, when I'm doing the battles in, in here in Sacramento, that's when I moved up to Sacramento, that became one of the big things because I'm so I started off as a rapper, so MC rapping and stuff. So it wasn't until I got out of um the military and saw what was now the new the new um, catch thing, which was spoken word. And seeing that a bunch of rappers went that route, you know, with the whole the poetry jam and everything, but it was just like, what, what are rappers doing? It's like, oh, they're going, they're they're not rap, they're not rapping their raps anymore. They're they're doing them in poetry shows. Like, yeah, yeah. interesting. So it, it changed it changed up because I was just trying to come in there. It's like, yeah, my name's Resolution, and then and then after a while, it's like, uh, I'm Sharon. <laughs> <laughs> Like, yeah, <laughs> but but no. So that, that's that's actually interesting because you went from from sixteen to twenty doing that, and was it a move that got you out of it, or was it something that was just like, 
I ain't, I ain't making anything out of this. And then you moved out of there or something. So I always liked performing. Uh, okay. and it's always fun. Uh, the last time I want to say, like, I tr- besides your show, that I actually performed uh, spoken word was I was in San Diego at the time at a place called Queen Bees. I don't know if you know uh, yeah. Rudy Disco. He hosts that. I don't know if he still does, but yeah, uh, that was the last time I did it. And I want to say I was maybe 21, 20, somewhere around there. It was like the last time I did it in. I got off the stage. I felt really good about it and it was great. And then like, for me, it was like, I didn't have the challenge of, of, you know, I didn't feel it anymore that like, like I said, as a writer, I, I like to be challenged. I, I wanted to find something else uh, that, that was difficult. Like, I feel like I can sit down and I can write a slam poem right now and deliver it pretty well within the next like hour or so like i i feel like i can do that um so what happened next was like i want to find that next challenge what was that next challenge for me as a creative mind as a creative person and next thing you know it was like stand-up comedy trying to write jokes is really difficult you know like writing material to have people come up and and laugh and and do your jokes to people is really difficult as hard as like i think to me it's been like the hardest form of writing uh just trying to navigate where your punchlines are going to be where your tags are all the uh you got sorry I'm a, I'm a dog <laughs> just rolled that's, up. <laughs> that's time right there <laughs> But yeah, it was, it was just the challenging part. It was like comedy was that next place of at, at 21 is when I first started doing comedy. Um, and and it's been a great time, a great journey. And it's like, I still have that like, man, it's hard to sit down and write a joke every once in a while, you know, like to, to formulate a good, sound joke that's going to make people laugh and then not only to write it but to actually perform it and see if it works or not the delivery yeah yeah that's another big part so so wait so you so at 20 20 you kind of finished off in poetry and then you turned to was what what was the spot that drove you into comp i mean that made you go just like how you had that one poet say the Barbie and Ken poem, what was it that, who was the comedian or do you remember a certain comedian that made you go, I want to do that? Uh, There wasn't necessarily a certain comedian. I mean, I I feel like it's always just been, comedy's always been a a big part of just, I think everyone's life. I can't just say like mine, but everyone knows comedy. Everyone knows stand-up. And I think for me really was, uh, just just knowing that like i guess figuring out like it's not they're not just going up there you know like a lot of people from the outside looking in just think like oh kevin hart he just goes up there and he's just talking he's just talking that's what he does for an hour and he's just how are you how does he do that so effortlessly it's like no he spent hours and hours and hours figuring out his whole set like most of that is is like you know, a confined several hours of his jokes that he's been working on and failing at and doing good at and taking the clubs. So once I realized that, I think is when I wanted to make that uh, transition to a uh, doing stand up and and um, yeah, that that was what I would say. What it was, it wasn't necessarily a comic or comedian per se. It was more so just like finding out there is a lot of like writing and effort behind what you see on Netflix. Okay. That goes on. So, so being that you kind of move from poetry to comedy, and as you pointed out, just the way, the way you had to formulate your actual joke. And then even after you formulate the joke, you actually have to make, you have to present it in a way where delivery, where people catch it and go, okay, they're laughing the way I was thinking it. <laughs> it's like, yeah. So 
is, there's a lot of huddles. I mean, whereas in in um slam poetry, you you kind of take on this, you kind of have the same meat. You just have it in different. You can either make them cry, make them mad, mm-hmm. you can make them laugh. I mean, there's so many other. You're you're trying to make sure that whoever gets the listener, whoever gets it, you want them to convey the message. This is the way I want you to take this. Right. Whereas in comedy, it's the same message, but now they want you just, it might be, even though you might be talking about something bad, you still want to make a joke about it so people can still laugh uncomfortably or just, or laugh their behinds off. Right. Exactly. And I think both of them just give that, that uh, challenge that I like as a writer. Uh, And, and the thing about it too is, is you find out instantly you find out like it, it's like as soon as you go up there and deliver your joke, you know, okay, that was terrible, or I need to work on this, or that was really good. And it's the same thing with like your uh, poetry. It's like you step off the stage after a poem. It's like okay, I like you could feel like the the lightness in your body of like it's kind of like euphoria, uh, a feeling of just like. That went exactly how I wanted it to go. Hmm. Right about that. So did you start, so moving from Monterey to, to Sacramento or, or, or the, the Sacramento County, Sacramento County area. Um, did you do that move during 21 to 22 or did you? So I actually lived in, in from like Monterey County, Salinas area. I lived there and then I moved to San Diego. Oh, okay. I lived in. West Virginia for a little while. And then I finally moved to Sacramento. Uh, I want to say I was 22. So that's what 22, three, four years ago, four years ago, 2016, 2017. Okay. I moved to the area out here. I moved to Davis first with one of my <laughs> best friends. I moved with him while he went to college. And I knew I wanted to start doing stand up, and Sacramento was pretty close. So he went to school and then I was coming out here for comedy and then, uh, yeah, I've, I've been here ever since. Okay. And I bet your friend graduated and now moved on. You're like, oh, still here. <laughs> he actually didn't graduate. He left school. Uh, like we moved in and then the following semester he went back home and then, uh, I stayed out here. So yeah, I was like, man, I'm not, I'm not done. Okay. doing that. I want to do here so i mean you're gonna go back home that's cool but i'm i'm sticking out here because i mean I, at that point i was really i was really into it i was really enjoying it uh and i was having fun with it it was still new to me and like i was still figuring it out so i, I was definitely having a good time with with just uh that beginning stage of being a comic nice so, so i i've met I've I've met a few um um poets that have changed the comedy, uh like Heather Heather Rhodes, Rhodes, um joking words, um even even um freaking um Russell Cummings, the there's always been a they've either done you know spoken word or a poet or they've been poets, mm-hmm. and a lot of them say a lot of them keep telling me the same um well Heather says this, she she changed over because she thought people weren't getting some of the humor she was trying to say in her poems. So I was going to ask you, did, did, I know you said you told me that you, you basically want another challenge, but did you try any of your um, spoken word um, techniques or things that you did to start comedy or you just basically just went in, just trying some whole, let me just try some whole new. Uh, for me, like it was definitely not like the same type of uh the same type of i guess uh standpoints maybe mm-hmm. i would say like i would say my my spoken word stuff it was a little bit more serious it was a little bit more like i want to get this message across it was i want to get this point across the one thing i would say that did go from like one aspect of of performing on stage as a slam poet versus comic was when you go on stage as a, as a poet, I feel like you have to be very confident uh, in, in whatever you're doing, whether it's a funny joke or a funny, uh, a funny uh, 
poem or like serious poem, like you have to be up there and, and be comfortable with whatever it is you're doing. And I would say that was the one thing that definitely uh, transitioned. Just my stage presence is one thing that definitely transitioned from one end to the other. But as far as like, like, I don't think I ever really did funny poems or funny, funny slam poetry or anything like that. So it wouldn't, I wouldn't say that that changed because it wasn't really the same. <laughs> you, you are, even when I was watching you, so you, you give a, a kind of a, I ain't going to say deadpan, but more of a mellow, I'm coming up here, you say your thing. You may have a few times where you like rise up, but still you kind of keep yourself even to kill through the yeah. whole, through the, through your whole comedies. Is, was that just something that you just, you just try to your your personality or was it just something you just like, I'll try this out and stick with it. You know, uh, for me, I, I want to be myself as much as I can. Um, so I feel like that is kind of how I am. Like, for the most part, it's pretty monotone. But if I really get into it, like I'll get my voice will get a little higher. People make fun of me all the time. They're like, be like, they'll say I have different voices for different parts of like the conversation. And it's like, it's probably true because truthfully, I'm pretty soft spoken. So I have a quiet voice naturally. So I, like if different parts of if we're having a conversation, like different parts I might have to have a deeper voice so like you can hear me at my point or whatever it might be. But, um, but yeah, uh, I would say that's pretty accurate. It's like, I, I, it's tends to be pretty even kill throughout my set and then different points. Uh, if it, I feel like it requires more effort for me, then I'll go ahead and do it. That makes sense. So, so, being that you basically were doing comedy, you've been doing comedy for a while. Now I know when we were talking on on Gak on this, you you also d- you did another change, and you went from now from not being just a comedian on. You now wanted to be a, a promoter or or as you called it a coordinator, <laughs> a comedic comic coordinator, <laughs> producer, coordinator, promoter, whatever it is they call. I I personally think it's called a producer. Hmm. People have tried to like correct me and say that I'm a promoter or whatever. It's like, man, I'm just putting these shows on. That's what I know. (laughs) Like that's what I'm trying to do. And that's what I want to do now. Uh, And I I slowly, I feel like I'm stepping away from the stage and the mic and, and I want to have the ability to, to put on good shows and give people that chance that I feel I wasn't able to get or attain and, and help comics get on shows and some of their first paid gigs even you know i think that's very important uh especially for when people are first starting out like it it took me over a year to have my first paid gig as a comic and it was pretty like defeating in a sense uh but and like i felt like i easily gotten it sooner but you know, lack of, lack of, um, what's the word? Lack of information or the lack know-how? of information, lack of, lack of just networking. Mostly, I would say, uh, it it failed me huh. to getting that those kind of opportunities. So now I want to be able to help other people and make sure that. I can give those opportunities to people I feel deserve them and can get them like, you know, Julian lacrosse, for instance. I mean, I basically have him host all the shows as long as he wants. Um, and I give opportunities to other comics like Stevie C and Nate Shaw, Matt Medina while he was still here. But I mean, he's out in Colorado now. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. I mean, I see a lot of people that, don't get on shows I feel can be on shows. So I'm going to, you know, give those opportunities out as best I can. So, so what's that being, I, I looked, I saw that you did a lot of shows with Matt Medina and some stuff, stuff and even with Julian. Um, are you, try, are you basically, or like you said, you point, are you trying to point out the um, kind of the missed opportunity that, because Sacramento has always been known to have a lot of talent, 
but never has an actual vessel or like an agency to um, point this talent to like, okay, I'm going to make you go to San Francisco and then we're going to take you out to freaking Los Angeles. And then we're going to go further. You know, it's always been like, we got all this talent, but until, you know, we can do all the shows in the world and stuff, but until someone, until we get an agent or something to take us and put us in all the freaking areas down the right spots, we yeah. kind of we kind of get stuck with like okay well I've been here for twenty years and I haven't moved one bit so yeah. I'm kind of been wondering is 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 that the because I know you have two um two places already you have players and then you also have um was it Henry's Lounge that's right and so are you trying to take are you trying to take those shows and or those those camps and try to get your you know kind of group together to move to bigger stages like you know Crest Crest Theater or even, you know, punchline or even further out? Yeah, yeah. One thing I always tell Julian lacrosse is like, oh, there's your puppy, man. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> one thing I always tell him, man, is like... I know, he's going to gonna keep going. Yeah, <laughs> from local to global, man, it's, it's kind of like the uh, idea of just, you know, we're starting out here, these cool local spots, and slowly getting more and more traction and as long as we remain consistent and everything then you know what's to stop us from, from having those types of shows at the crest or even throughout california or wherever else it may be uh and i feel i feel like it's just a matter of of putting in effort and consistency and like learning how to do these little shows right and learning how to market learning how to uh, get people in the door, learning how to just promote the show and figuring out the best equipment necessary for different size rooms. It, it's all going to come together over time. And that's kind of, it's kind of like what you're saying is getting all those people together and then moving, moving forward together. Okay. Cause I know like, um, Cause I know with um like last unlimited, you know, Jenny has her certain, she starts basically marking her certain people that actually can rock, you know, she, that she likes or she sees consistently with like Marcus or you know, even Carlos Rodriguez and stuff. I mean, she's, she's been there and they've, you know, done the training or done the time. And now mm -hmm. she sees them as, okay, you work for the show. Where still a lot of other people that try to get to her, she did, you know, she's still like, oh, until you basically are able to get to this certain point, you're yeah. just, you're just a amateur comic. Go, go run the rooms, <laughs> you can go run the open mics, and you can go fine, and then you'll come back in when you're ready. So I'm trying to see if, um, are you, because the way it seems now, you're you're going from being like you said, you're going from being from comedian to being a promoter. Are you trying to like be some have some agencies of saying like, I can put on a show. I can bring in, you know, just are you trying to bring in your own crew and say, hey, we can rock this, you know, we can rock last limited, or I think we're good enough to rock punchline, you know, like that, like you know, like you're like you're almost like your own tour, your own tour group, uh, and then you'll basically have your own thing like that or what? You know, I mean, that would be really cool. It's not necessarily my goal to be in punchline or to be in last unlimited necessarily. That would be awesome. It would be really a, a great opportunity. Uh, I just feel like, you know, where we are right now is exactly where where we should be, and okay. and um, with progress, those those opportunities are going to come, whether it's with a comedy club or whether it's with you know, getting our own space, whether it's like renting out a, a venue for a weekend and and doing a show like that, um, but it's it's. That's, I feel like it's, like I said, it just takes a lot of uh, time and effort to really get to that point. Because, um, I mean, if even if I wanted to try and get on to, like, Laughs Unlimited and, and be the producer for that show there or at Laughs on, or at uh, Punchline, like, they, they want, they want proof, you know, they want, they want, like, okay, this guy can actually do this. He is capable of bringing people and he's capable of putting on a great show. He's capable of getting comics to come out and perform for us. Um, so, you know, I, I know there's a couple comics that have definitely done that. Like Mars Parker, uh, he used to run a room 
uh, at High Water, I think it was called. Yeah. And then now he runs rooms at Punchline. So it's like that to me is like that's somewhat the route I want to go. It's just like, like I said, it's not necessarily the goal to be strictly for the comedy club. That's not like I'm not going to close my my window of opportunity strictly for the comedy club. If if there's another venue that does like, oh, we do music, but yeah, we're interested in doing a comedy show. Like, yeah, I w- I'd love to work with you and, and figure out how we can make that work. Oh, so you are you so are you? Tr- it's not like you're trying to do the comedy business. You're trying to work the business side of it. Yeah, Whereas- definitely, man. Like I'm, I consider myself like an entrepreneur kind of person. I want to work for myself. I want to do things for myself and and be my own boss and 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 help other people too. Uh, it's like. There's people like Julian Lacrosse that really want to do this. There's people like Matt or people like Stevie C, like names I've said before, Sarah Dutcher. They really want to be good at comedy. And and for me, it's like I had that drive for a long time, not a long time, but like for several years to be really good at comedy to the point where I was like, why am I not getting anywhere with this? Mm. And And so it's like, I'm not getting anywhere with this because there wasn't that person that I'm being uh, for me necessarily, you know, like there wasn't anyone like, yeah, come on to my show and I'll put you on. Like it, it didn't really happen that way for me. So I want to help a lot of other comics that I feel like are in my position or were in my position um, and, and change that. But it seems like you, you even when I saw you perform, you still have the you still have the the drive of the the comic chops. Oh, so yeah. I'm kind of I'm kind of I'm I'm seeing the opportunity, but I'm also seeing that you're tr- like just like spoken word. Then like when I heard some of your spoken word parts, I was like, he can do he can kind of chameleon himself out into anything he wants to. Definitely- but why why are you trying? I'm more concerned like why are you trying to? It kind of one one like you know it's like take off a suit. It's like okay, I did this. Take off, let's do something else. Do this, take off, let's do something else. <laughs> I don't feel like I have just one uh, okay. one thing. I mean, like I said, I, I can go on stage right now and do 10, 20 minutes and do real, pretty well in comedy. Yeah. I could do a couple poems and do pretty well with, with spoken word. Uh, it's just that, like I said, that drive, it, it's not really there for me anymore to, uh. to keep doing it consistently. like. Some people going, I was going night after night after night and, and unfortunately didn't see those successes that I was hoping for or that I was working towards. And now that I've gotten into producing, it's kind of given me, I have that drive for producing shows. I have that drive to, okay, let's go knock on doors. Let's go figure out how can we set up this contract so that we're going to win financially and they're going to the venue is going to succeed as well i have that drive to figure out the business side and also like scope out talent so that they can come out and do the show and so okay where where that drive is at that time and i i know i can go up there and do comedy and that's the cool thing about producing the show is like if i feel like going up and doing comedy I can go up and do five minutes if I really want to. Like tonight, I'm probably not going to. Tonight, I'm just plugging in all the equipment, paying all the comics, making sure all the people are, you know, in the seats and having a good time. And I'm going to stay in the back and, you know, let people wonder what I'm doing there. That's kind of, I like that. I like that feeling, you know, is is just kind of putting the whole thing together for me right now is where I'm finding a lot of uh, uh, fulfillment in what I'm, what I'm doing. So, so if that's the case, cause I was going to say you're the, the PDD of comedy, but <laughs> I was going to say, uh, so are you going to, are you interested in making a entertainment or comedy company? Like, you know, Chris, like um, hard entertainment from Kevin Hart or even Chris Rock has his own production. Are you going to make like a, are you, are you into making a, a production uh, name for yourself? And then, 
you know, you know, M M M M entertain it or or mess mess people's minds up, say make your name and then put like little parts into it and be like, I can't say, but I know he's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely. I mean, that's 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 in the works. Okay, that's in the works. I mean, I I've got to talk to some people about you know how that works, how it is to set up a legitimate company and and go about that uh, seriously with like just so it's set up properly. Cause I don't want to go up and, and go to the secretary of state and then have all these paperwork filled out that is completely wrong for the type of business that I want. I don't want to make a mistake like that. So uh, I've definitely looked into it. Definitely been looking at uh, forming those kinds of, legitimate businesses with an LLC and, you know, making that move because that's, that's, like I said, I really would love to become my own, my own boss, my own, you know, source of income rather than relying on clocking in and out for other people. Stan, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, the, I, work, I run a, a DJ multimedia company, so I mean, we can, well, we can talk further off that uh, off air, but yeah, I, I know the, <laughs> I know, man, it's not, it's not easy. It's not, it's, 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 but it is, it is rewarding when everything works together and you're like, okay, this, okay, I now know why I'm in this, but yeah, I can see that. Um, what is so, it called resolutions, right? Resolution, what is it called? Resolution, your, your, uh, company? oh. Uh, company's called the Serious Productions. Oh, the Serious Productions. I could have sworn I saw something with because you you go by Suran Resolution. Resolution. Yeah, yeah. I uh, saw something about like Resolution Media or something like that. No, that's not me. <laughs> There's a few <laughs> other people that have that, but not me. I I went with Serious Productions, but no. Um, so that that's great that you got. I mean, you and like you got, you got Julian. I, I met Julian. Julian's coolest ever. He's going to be on my next, he's going to be on my April show. He, he yeah. hit me up and said, yo man, I'm going to be on the April one. So yeah, we we're rocking him for that. Um, and I got him with um, um, Tina, Tina San Lucas and stuff. But okay. what I wanted to say is that since you got this going on and stuff and you, what is, what is the next, I mean, I know COVID kind of, kind of put people in a loop and stuff. Do you see COVID? I, I'm, I'm, always, I'm always intrigued with people who, after COVID or COVID still going on, but as, as a, it, what it did, what it did, the aftermath. Do you see now an opportunity to get out and find better venues that you couldn't get before because of COVID, before COVID? Or are you now seeing an opportunity like that? I don't think people should even try. There's just no chance of it ever working out for anybody. Why? honestly um this is like the renaissance period right now this is our renaissance period right now if you're a creator of any type if you're a painter if you're making nfts if you're doing digital art if you're a musician if you're a comic if you are anything in the world right now that requires art go hard at it give it your 100% best effort every single day because like the art that we make now the art that we're doing now the movies that we're making right now that are going to be coming for the next several years because this pandemic thing is still kind of not over it's still kind of not over it like the the things that we produce today are going to be talked about 80, 100 years from now in, in history books at schools and everything. They're going to be talking about like what kind of art was going on in 2022, what kind of art was going on in 2030, 2025. From this, from now for like about 10 years, you have a span of really making an impact in whatever industry you're in, especially in the art industry. And you can see it now happening with like NFTs and just any type of art, um, you know, like you have a, a, a great chance right now. Uh, and that's kind of what I'm doing with, with producing. I, I want to have these young comics or the, not even all of them are young, but, <laughs> but like, let's get you that opportunity. I'm, I'm working on building the stage for you to showcase whatever you have for the world to see. And, you know, uh, 
if, if that's what you're doing, whether it's poetry or painting, whatever, like right now, really give everything, give everything you can to, to what it is because uh, we're in a special time right now. A lot of people may not see that. And a lot of people may be bogged down by the news with the war thing or Ukraine, whatever else. Will Smith smacking Chris Rock, like you might get. He I might, was gonna break it up, but it was there. <laughs> like you know, like people might get bogged down and weighed down and losing family members, whatever, through COVID. And like you know, I get it. Okay. If you have a talent, though, like right now is kind of the time for you to make it shine and and give it your best effort because it can it can end up going down and as one of the best things in history. It, it, it has, it has changed people's mentality on the whole, um, I have a nine to five and I'm going to work until I die type of things. Now people have changed their, their tune and go, I don't want to do this no more. And they've actually saw the opportunity like, well, I'm going to leave and I'm going to do something different. So I, I could see where that the COVID kind of championed a new, this ain't going to be here forever. So you might as well take your advantage now, take a shot because you don't know what's going to happen. So like, Oh, okay. Well, there's a, there's an opportunity. Yes. I mean, I saw that in 2008 when, when everything, when, you know, the real estate bubble blew and everybody was kind of working, was trying to work the behind to get a job. Even people like a um, master's degrees were going over to freaking great America to get a dang job. So I was like, Oh, that hurts. <laughs> And yeah, you know, like people with master's degrees sometimes can't find a job, or they find a job where that pays them fifteen dollars an hour, and that's like yeah, that's, that right there. Just to see that is heartbreaking. Like you worked really hard, and you deserve to have a high-paying job, but I don't, I don't know how you end up with something like that. Yeah, so so I've always switched out from the from the little negativity. <laughs> so. Um, so I always ask the question to everybody and stuff. So in in the poetry community, there the people that basically write in the books, write on um, write in the anthologies and stuff, and are liter- you know literary whatever. Not saying geniuses, but they write all stuff. We always call them page poets. They're the literary poets, but we call them page poets. And then the ones that perform on the stage, or make CDs, music, whatever behind it, I always call them performance performance poets or um, stage poets. So from the stage post and page post always have a little ruckus, but I've always asked people, Taylor, and I'm going to ask you, Taylor M, do you see yourself before a page poet, a stage poet, or both? 100% stage poet. Okay. And that's kind of changed over into in your comedy. So it doesn't, it, so you, even if you're doing comedy, Cause I know there are comedians that just write jokes yeah. in, in books and stuff and or write joke books up. And then there's also the ones that actually perform and stuff. Do you see yourself also in that, in that, in that perspective of the stage comedian? Uh, for comedy, I feel like I'm a little bit of both. Okay. Uh, the only reason I feel that way is because there isn't necessarily a structure for writing. Like there isn't like, you know, like the way you write poems, like you could set it up like a haiku with stanzas or whatever it might be with comedy like there isn't necessarily like a set formula to write a joke like you don't haiku a a, a punchline into a joke you know like you don't do that necessarily you kind of just write however your style fits you uh so for stand for comedy i feel like i'm a little bit of both um like i'm sure there definitely is structure to write jokes for like you know nighttime television uh like you definitely have to figure out whatever formula format they want your script to be for for conan o'brien to read on stage you know um for comedy i definitely see myself as both that's kind of also like when i first started comedy like my goal was 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 not necessarily to be a stand-up comic a famous stand-up comic or anything but to be a really good writer for i i really would like to be uh a writer for like television that would be be cool that would be cool for me like 
comedic goal wise, that would that would kind of be the high point of success for me if I was to pursue like strictly comedy. Okay, but it's kind of weird because well, not weird, but kind of a different pace for you because you've done so much with the promotion side. You yeah. just being a comic writer where you sit there and just basically write out jokes for because I I know some of them they they do like twenty forty jokes. And, you know, a couple hours trying to figure out, okay, how this is going to go. And then yeah. people are like, okay, it's good or not. <laughs> yeah. Write 20, 40 jokes and none of them get on the air. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of heartbreaking. Somewhat. Yeah. <laughs> That's how comedy is, man. Comedy is a heartbreaking endeavor. Like you're, you're, it's consistently just tearing your heart apart. That's how no. I feel. And that's how poets look at it. <laughs> like, so this poem ain't working. I'm gonna basically make a mad poem. Like, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> and the second one, I have another question. The, so I'd like to ask you, who are your top five comedians? Top five comedians. <laughs> All right. No they can be local or even or even um too popular, whatever. Yeah. I'll I'll put a local one in there. I'll put the same local one in there that I put in the uh the uh gag on this podcast um but top five comedians uh definitely no order right here um we're gonna say uh andrew dice clay nice uh bill hicks uh hannibal Buress. Oh, okay uh um jeez um just need two more <laughs> two more two more there was a uh, man. I can't think of his name. I cannot think of his name right now, but I'll put in a uh, Dave Brennan. Oh, okay. He's uh, old school. Yes, definitely. And um, no geez. Mitch. Nah, I don't want to commit. <laughs> he's not my top five. He's great, but oh man, I cannot think of his name. Bill Bellamy. Bill oh, Bellamy. Bill. Oh, okay. He's top five for sure. Um, and then the local, uh, definitely Robert Amato. Okay, I, I know he has a he has a show coming up over at Crest Theater doing. So it's yeah, like his third time doing Crest. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Like he has some stuff going on with that. Uh, he's actually going to be headlined tomorrow at uh, Players. So. Got okay. I, I felt like that was pretty pretty cool of him to come by, and so I'm excited about that. Most definitely. Well, man, I know sometimes coming up and stuff. I know you gotta get ready for your show, but so <laughs> since you basically have a, you have a little small amount of social media that you put yourself out, where where else can they find you? Um, it's on the places and stuff where they can find you yeah. online or even places yeah. they want to find me at 2019 O Street, Sacramento, California, Henry's Lounge every Wednesday. You can also find me at 4060 Sunrise Boulevard, Players, California. That's Players um, in Fair Oaks, California. Uh, we got those shows going on every week. Uh, you'll see myself probably drawing across there. A lot of other funny guys and ladies out of comics. Um, other than that, I mean, my social media is pretty, pretty slim. So, I mean, you can try and find me on there if you want. Uh, my Facebook is Taylor M. Uh, I don't, I'm not active on there. So don't get offended if I don't respond to anything. I'll, I'll get to Messenger. I'll get to Messenger for sure. If you need to contact me for anything, feel free to do that. But uh, social media, that's not really, that's not really my thing. So. You probably are not gonna find me on any of those. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta tell this one this one stitch. So when you were doing when you're before you get ready to do my what's so funny about poetry, I was looking up I was looking up for you on all I had I had you on you know the messenger from for Facebook. So but I was trying to look for you on Instagram and I I, I was like, okay, it's, I, I know his name's Taylor. Where can it be close to? So I kept on hitting this guy, Taylor Evans. And Taylor wow. Evans was with with um was with um the Stockton crew and stuff, and I kept on hitting him up, going, "Okay, this is what we're gonna be doing for that show." It wasn't until like la- it was like the, like the last week of the show was the or the first show. He was like, "Yo, man, I'm the wrong Taylor you're talking to." <laughs> it's yeah. like <laughs> it happens. It happens. Him and I get confused for each other. I don't know if he gets confused for me very often, 
but sometimes people think I'm Taylor Evans and I, I feel so bad because like Taylor Evans is hilarious. I don't even know if he knows me, but Taylor Evans is very, very funny. Like he's far more funnier than I am like as a comedian. So it's like, man, if you think I'm Taylor Evans, please do not like, <laughs> don't judge my comedy as Taylor Evans, because I will probably have him lose a lot of shows. <laughs> no, but that guy is, he's very hilarious. I have yet to really kind of meet him, uh, but um, I've seen him perform plenty of times and, and it's, you're not the only one. I'll tell you that you're not the only one that uh, confuses us for one another. Uh, I think it's just the curly hair and I'm saying, man, we have to get both together so we can take the picture and say, see, two tailors. <laughs> so different. Two tailors. And then if you don't know, if you haven't met us, because I don't think we met uh, like in person to that point. So it isn't like you can like really gauge whether it was me or not. <laughs> like, I get it, man. I get it. I think he's a little darker than you. <laughs> that, that one darker, for sure. <laughs> But no, man. But no, thanks for being on with me, man. And, yeah. and thanks for hanging out. I, and I want um, everyone out there go. If you're in Sacramento, he has he has players. He has Harry's Lounge. They're on Wednesday and Thursday. Go check him out and be there and check his shows out. He might not tell, he might not tell you poetry, but he can still tell you a joke. Or he'll actually get somebody to tell you a joke. <laughs> That part, that's what I'm aiming for. Just get somebody else to tell the jokes now. <laughs> He'll be in the background just doing the light. Spotlight. <laughs> exactly. That's my job now. <laughs> but, nah, thanks for coming out. And everyone else out there, keep shining, all right? Peace. Thank you very much, man. I appreciate the time. <laughs>